millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. This is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon show. Andy has in front of him a book, a bit like Eamon Andrews. There's one for the kids, which was a bit of a recurring theme today, as you'll discover. But Andy, what did we like today? Well, we liked uh, Tony Hawks talking about tennis. We liked Bumble talking about his new book, David Lloyd. Uh, we spoke to the Moose about his anniversary. Yeah, 20 years he's been married. Well done, poor Mrs. Woman. Moose. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and we had a chat, so yeah. that sounds about right. Yeah, it all is. I'm here for another day. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it all comes down to... Don't put the pressure on yourself that reading... It was a dream, Andy. No one's put that kind of pressure on you to be faultless for the first 30 seconds. That's good, isn't it? Uh, anyway, it's six minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Oh, good afternoon, Paul. And uh, I see that uh, Fulham striker, uh, Timmy Abraham... Who knew? Did you know? No. Has no gone idea. into quarantine. I think I knew, but uh, it's his brother. He's the brother of Tammy, and you just really hope they have another brother called Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. I never knew there was a Tim... I thought you'd know as a Chelsea yeah, completist no, there was a Timmy Abraham out there. No, I don't. They're not twins, though, which you'd kind of expect they might be, but yeah. they're not. But there is a series of children's books and it surely Tim, Timmy and Tommy <laughs> Timmy, Timmy and Tammy. Tammy and Tommy yeah there's Perfect. got to be it's got to be isn't it now uh, what a great offer f- uh, in the Daily Star today for uh, TalkSport uh, listeners oh yeah it's spy on the world with this amazing mini monocular you'll never miss the action with your pocket size spyglass and these are the things that they claim that can happen don't miss the action oh yeah football VAR see for yourself whether offside or a foul blimey it must be really accurate <laughs> what is it is it just was it like it's um, a monocular it's like a, a one lens sort binocular. of thing like if you're in the uh, Admiral Nelson type yeah. situation. Sort of mini telescope, a monocular. And you, you, so you take a mini telescope <laughs> to the football, stand there like that. Or the cricket. Watch the cricketer's face and no ball call in close-up. Can you imagine? <laughs> He's sitting watching the pop increase. What's happened? Don't There's they show no it on ball. the big screen so you oh, don't have to worry like about so that. so funny, isn't it? Horse racing, see the winning jockey's joy. Maybe oh, we'll have to get uh, Rupert with a monocular as opposed to his <laughs> binoculars. Yeah, which make more sense fantastic, can you get it? into the football with binoculars you can go racing with them you can yeah, go to the cricket oh yeah, with I've them I've seen people at football with binoculars have you oh yeah it's not, it's not a, I mean maybe they should start doing them like the opera so you can put in sort of a, a quid <laughs> and a see the game idea, no it's like not that. really people they need lob, to get raised a bit of revenue <laughs> people would lob them on the pitch wouldn't they you can't have binoculars at the football I mean I can't get in there with a plastic bottle top they make you take that off a drink, oh, yeah. but they let you, you in with a... I suppose you could use the binoculars as a weapon. A lethal yeah, bit of metal and really. glass. Yeah, Imagine the first player taken out. Yeah. 
with well, uh, binoculars and the irony of that no one could actually spot him doing it. <laughs> My favourite couple, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, oh, yeah. have signed up to make... They've got £75 million to make inspirational Netflix shows. Sounds now, good. Yes, they're going to inspire people to take out a subscription with Amazon Prime. <laughs> it's going to be... I said to the, I've tested this one on the producer. Oh, yeah. And he says it worked. Well, and he is quite it. woke, isn't he? He is. But I said they, they're actually going to remake the Billy Cotton Band show. With a kind of modern twist. Wokey, wokey! There you go. Yeah, so, I mean, how many... Oh, come on, how many people still I couldn't are, resist yeah, it. Yeah, the Billy Cotton band. I think, you'd finish, I think you'd finish by the time I was born. I'd say, I'd say ask your, your dad, but you really probably yeah, need to ask your great looked, He Googled it, he was perfectly happy. Okay, well, you know, not everybody <laughs> well, will not put that sort of effort in. <laughs> won't put that sort of, oh, by the way, um, Michael Owen, you've probably yeah. seen he's got his I own have, beer, yes. his own mm. IPA. And uh, the son told us about mm. it today. said, Michael Owen fans uh, are in hysterics at the launch of his IPA brand. The striker's face is on the bottle, which is for sale in the Far East. One tweet joked, if you take the top off, will it get injured? Well, look, I'm no doctor of so comedy, witless, isn't but it? that doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work on any level. Yeah, another one. This drink may cause an injury. We get the idea there. Well, that's different, isn't it? I mean, yeah. the idea of what's the point of taking the top off? No. Will I? Get, I mean, it, just, it didn't work, did it? I, I tell you, it was very interesting during lockdown to watch one of those match of the day, match of their day things. Um, or it might even been the other thing that Gary did, but the, the stuff on Michael Owen, <clears> and you realise pre-injury, what oh, yeah. a fantastic player he, he was. was yeah. You know, he could, he could have been, you know, I mean, he wouldn't, look, he played for Liverpool and Real Madrid and Manchester United, so you can't argue with that. But you just wonder what he could have achieved without the injuries. He was superb. Why player. do you think they feel he's going to sell beer in the Far East that he couldn't sell here? Why wouldn't you buy a pint of Michael Owen here? Well, he might. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. it just seems odd, doesn't it? Really, that uh, he's obviously quite big in that part of the well, world. Well, I don't know how much somebody's face on a label of beer sells the beer, but I presume they think it will. So mm. there you go. They announced the Strictly lineup uh, today. Not Are a you bad in it? lineup. No, I'm not. Not oh, a bad a lineup shame. though. Some quite well-known people. But I wasn't sure about this chap. I don't really know him. JJ Chalmers. Oh and yeah. I, I don't know what JJ stands for, but I'm desperately hoping one of them is Judith. <laughs> Probably isn't. <laughs> You're cool. You've missed the zeitgeist today, aren't you? <laughs> Oh, Judith's not, been on, on. The, not been on the telly for John, 25 years. have you heard of years. Judith? He has heard of Judith. Yeah. We <laughs> piping this into the old people's homes this afternoon, are we? I say, are we piping yes, into the old people's homes? Probably. Yeah, I like to think so. And talking of that, Maureen and uh, Derek Clancy... Oh, yeah. Have, uh, they've been doing a milk round for 50 years. They delivered their 10 millionth oh, pint. That's, really? I mean, they haven't finished it yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> they must do eggs and orange juice. That was a question I was going to ask. Yeah, you. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And what a coincidence yesterday when uh, a woman was hit by a car. Oh, okay. uh, thank, thankfully, bit, she was. Bit dark? No, no. Thankfully, she was all right. Oh, good, but okay. it was boxers Chris Eubank and <clears throat> David Hay yeah. who helped rescue her. And then basically, mm. she'd, she'd been hit by a car and Chris Eubank pulled her over yeah. to see if she was okay and David Hay happened to be walking by at exactly the same time Fantastic! Tyson Fury coming the other direction with Anthony Joshua yeah. it's unbelievable, Sugar Ray it? Leonard was the bloke in the pickup truck it's <laughs> it amazing amazing yeah. what a coincidence that was mm. anyway thank goodness she's, she's well yeah it was a Rolls Royce wasn't it uh, what, the hitter? Yeah, no, I think, yeah, apparently. I think she was struck by a Rolls Royce, wasn't she? Or didn't her car break down? You sure it was a hit and rough? It was her car had broken down. No, I think, hold on, retrieving her phone from under the car. 
Oh, okay. Oh, Help rescue a woman hit by a car. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, no, the Rolls Royce was Eubank, Chris Eubank. Oh, yes. I see. Seems Chris. to have got rid of his massive <clears throat> truck that he had. I oh, was yeah. seeing it in Bond Street once. A ridiculous Covering, vehicle. He, he had a fairly cavalier attitude towards. Parking. Get, I had a meeting with him once <laughs> yeah. in town, mm-hmm. in um, just off of Oxford Street, and. Uh, he, basically, we were all sitting in this room and all the light went out of the room. It's like they'd been in an eclipse. <laughs> and he pulled up outside and he parked the lorry. And we yeah. were, and I, I remember looking out thinking, I don't think you can park there, isn't it? Resident, <laughs> residents only. And after the meeting, he went out. He must have had about five tickets on it. Well, he knows it's not going to get towed away. <clears throat> Excuse me, they're not going to find anything bigger than that, are they, to tow it away? No. Absolutely not. Now, in the start, yeah. they had a little feature. I don't know, one of those things where everything you want to know about Raquel Welsh. I don't know why they did it. Yeah. Just for you, me. probably, so you can do some Raquel Welsh material <laughs> no, today. It says here, in June 1991, Welsh's son, Damon, you may remember this, married Rebecca Truman, oh, the yeah. daughter of cricket icon Fred Truman. Because we, we played Fred's tape, and it's in his book where he talks about going to That's the right. wedding, doesn't he? Yeah. That's right. And they split up after 15 months, causing Fred to remark, marriage didn't last as long as my run-up. But imagine being at the top table. That would have been fantastic, wouldn't it? With Fred and Raquel. What would be what would be the touchstones? (laughs) Wouldn't be Brian Close, would it? And the chairman of the England selectors. No. I doubt if Fred was uh, was a big fan of 10 million years BC. <laughs> uh, unless it stands for Before, Brian Close. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it would have been Before interesting. Before Close. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Got a bit Did of a you know about the, the Tour de France drink rule? I didn't know about no, that. No, I, I do now, of course. Yes, in the paper today, Adam Yates became only the ninth British rider to wear the Tour de France yellow jersey, mm. but said, I didn't want to take it like this. Overnight leader Julian Alaphilippe yeah. was... Uh, Ala, well, I think Yeah, that's Alaphilippe, I think. But it's all right, it's fine, it's all right. Alaphilippe. Let's all go down the strand. Why anyway, are you doing the old the songs, Andy? Well, the old people's over-listening. <laughs> he was handed a 20-second penalty for illegal refuelling. You're not allowed to take a drink inside the last 12.4 months. Could anybody oh, no. explain why? Um, 08717 yeah, no, I'm sure the Talk Sport listeners will know. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Bit of housekeeping from yesterday. Oh, yeah. uh, we spoke uh, yesterday to the manager of uh, Hashtag United. They were playing their first we ever did. game. I, I couldn't see how they got on. How Jay Devereaux was the manager we spoke to. And they won. They oh, won good. 2-1. Yeah, it was a tough game. Um, I think there was an expectation they would win, but it was maybe a bit tougher than they expected. But the other good thing about them, of course, Hashtag is Hashtag difficult. Oh, indeed, yeah, hashtag sure. very difficult. But um, they had three hundred fans there, so they're at that mm. level. That is incredibly good. Yeah, it's good. So, um, so they had yeah, three hundred fans going to the game because of their notoriety. And that's if you are drawing uh, hashtag United away, that's probably quite good for the coffers, you would yeah. think. So, uh, yeah, well done to them. We'll keep an eye on how they progress. Of course, they're the, the, the side that were established more or less on YouTube but now find themselves in the FA Cup so uh, they move on to uh, the next stage, I think sometime next week. Right, get Spurs in the third round. Yeah, well the way things are going, Spurs away. I mean, we could squeeze in another game, couldn't we really? That's what we really would play a bit earlier. We haven't got enough matches coming up in a short space of time. Or, or Torquay, you never know. I see they had a fine win yesterday against, was it West Brom under 23s? Even the producer doesn't know. Oh, you want to follow your mate Charlie Baker? Yes. Yeah, I think that boy you like scored. He got the winner. It was a West Brom 11. A West Brom 11. A West Brom 11 is what they often say. Uh, It's quite interesting that that Barcelona have put Lionel Messi in their uh, home shirt kit launch. Having said that, of course, uh, the, the word today is... 
it's looking more likely he'll stay than go after all that. I hope he stays for a year, can't be bothered, doesn't really play well, and then leaves next year for nothing. It'll really serve them right. That's, that's what he can do, of course. But, I mean, it'll Good. be his choice. Oh, it? let him go. What's okay. the point? Let's see the point of keeping your brother so unhappy there. He's given you so much. You've made so much out of him. You've done so well out of him. You know, let him go. Let him, I think it'd be great for football if he came here or even wherever he... You what, know, to talk sport? Yeah. <laughs> Your show. Give him overnights. <laughs> See how you get on, Lynn, and we'll start you on overnights, and uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure that Martin won't be happy. When no, he? I can't have him doing weekends. <laughs> Not good for Paul Ross. He'll have to find it. I'm going to fight for my place, as people always say. When a player comes in, I'm going to stay and fight for my place. I can't see Lionel going into British radio. <laughs> You're sticking your neck out there, aren't you? <laughs> well, I can. Let's have an argument. 08717. I see him doing a kind of light music show. Yeah, I can okay. just see him saying that. Yeah, you can take over from Elaine Page. This is Lionel show, Messi. Showbiz show. And this is Lionel Richie's... <laughs> Yeah, it'd be good. Yeah. 1958. You could see, you see him doing... Rogers and Hart. You see him doing yeah. something like from the old music, songs from the shows with songs Lionel Messi. Yeah. Okay. I, don't, I, I mean, yeah, excellent. Does, I think his English is, is kind of better than he lets on, but I'm not sure he could no, stand three hours Probably of, not up uh, to that, really. Three hours of music. Anyway, it's never going to happen. Forget it. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. It's been Jacobs here on TalkSport. Are you excited by uh, Havertz? Have you, have you, been, you must have been watching a few of those sort of I don't believe in watching no, I don't believe in watching those YouTube uh, things because, they, they, you know, I'd look good in those. You can edit it and sort of, yeah, well, you could, <laughs> you know. So Probably not as good as him. No, but I watched him in a, in a game, in one of those Europa League games, and I thought, yeah, he showed all right, but, I mean, I'm, I wonder if he'll play tonight. I don't really know a lot about him, so I look forward to seeing him play, but presumably he must be good because he costs a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> well, It's yeah. taken a while to get over the line, isn't it, really? Yeah. Like a lot of these uh, things do. Mm. Anyway, Andy, uh, oh, we, yeah. we talked yesterday to Tim Southwell, who wrote a piece in The Telegraph mm. about 
the fact that golf is booming. Uh, you know, people playing games at local clubs. The club's doing very well. It's hard to get a tea time, and all the shops are doing well. The whole setup is is very lively post lockdown because I think people have realised what they were missing out on. And you said it's very similar with tennis. Yeah, we've we heard about it in fishing, but in tennis, it's amazing. It's uh, in between May and July, court bookings in parks and public spaces, which is not. You know, that's accessible tennis. We're up by 372%. And the, the minute I read that, I just thought of our next guest, who presumably would be delighted about this because he's, yeah. you know, really sort of campaigned for tennis for all for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, he's the comedian, author, and as we said, tennis fan, Tony Hawks. Good afternoon, Tony. Good afternoon to you. All, all that work you put in, all we really needed was a three month <laughs> lockdown, which yeah, if, surely you could have organised that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, if only I'd thought of that all that time ago. Really, <laughs> I mean, it is. Extra- I mean, what it would be nice, wouldn't it, is if you know we go through all the pain of this pandemic, is that we can sustain and keep some of the positives that look like might be there. Hmm. And 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 to me, one of them is is like, well, we we realise the value that that we've got these resources that are there, like parks and and tennis courts and various things, and it is more healthy for society for people to be using them. Mm. Uh, which is what I've been saying, you know, for 15 odd years now. It's like, what is the point of having empty tennis courts with, with quite, in some cases, you know, quite a hefty charge for using them and nobody using them? And now we know that if you're obese and unhealthy, you know, you're more likely to suffer more greatly with the pandemic. So it, it would be nice if we can get some a groundswell of support, I think, but, but behind, you know, making it much easier for people to exercise and have fun without having to hit them hard in the pocket yeah. every time. It would suggest that in in some cases, because there probably wasn't someone there to actually mm. take the money for people to play on the, the local yeah. courts, that they probably yeah. took the padlocks off and, and let people just go in there and play. I don't know. I mean, yeah. but it, it would it would suggest that. Well, I mean, this is what I've always argued, really. Is, is, I mean, you, it's difficult because, I mean, obviously, uh, councils have got to balance the books at a time when they're strapped for cash. But, it's very, but it's, it has to be... a a decision made almost at government level, which is where you go, you know what, we want people to use the time, the leisure time they have to do things, healthy things and, and sport and, and this kind of thing is, is a great thing to be doing. So we won't, we won't hit, and particularly kids, you know, I mean, I, I think in one fell swoop, you could say no, no under 16 year old has to pay to use a tennis court if nobody else is on it. Mm. You could just do that straight away. You could just sort of say, right, that's it. We'll, you know, we'll get whoever the current relevant secretary in the government, cabinet secretary, to just sort of, sort of promote that as a law and just say you can't charge a 15, 40. They haven't got any income. What on earth are you doing hitting them in the pocket when you want them to be playing a sport rather than letting someone's tyres down? Yeah. <laughs> it's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. You've always advocated the provision of rackets and balls. How's that sort of coming along? Well, we had the t- so I started this charity, uh, Tennis for Free, with this friend of mine, Patrick Holway, and we, we basically we run free sessions wherever we can around the country because it's not just enough sometimes to make the courts free. You need, you know, it's a quite a difficult game to play, so you just give them people the basics, lend them the rackets, get, give them a go, see if they like it. And so we are, you know, we've, we were into a sort of little boom ourselves just before this happened, and we had to shut all the site's down, obviously, because lockdown happened. But we're coming out of it, well, but like a lot of charities, of course, you know, you've lost a lot of the, the income that used to come in and various things. So we are 
struggling a bit. So if anyone wants to go who thinks this sounds like a great idea, go to our site, tennisforfree.com. You know, on the first page there, it can, it'll tell you how you can get involved and uh, help us. I think we want members, really, people to join join Tennis for Free. And, you know, maybe for, you know, a couple of quid a month, you remember, and you help subsidize free tennis in parks for people around the country. That's what we want to do. Yeah. Um, Tony, we spoke a little while to you about the the book you brought out about skateboarding because yeah. even if you put Tony Hawk's into Google, <laughs> you get a lot yeah. of skateboarding stuff because <laughs> of Tony Hawk, of course, the world leading. Yeah. And you found yourself answering people's queries. Don't you continue to do so on your on your website, don't you? When they they, they get in touch, yeah, they still come in. They ask me how to do a nine hundred and ollie, and I write back and correct them on their grammar and their you know how poor the poor quality of their email and their writing and in like a sort of ped, pedantic pompous Englishman instead of a skateboarder Perfect. and then I decided to publish them all in a, in a, in a little book called The A to Z of Skateboarding which mm. hopefully some some children have bought by mistake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I was watching a retrospective of Red Dwarf uh, yeah. about the thirty years, and I was I hadn't realised that you've been in you've been in it quite a lot. You were one of the main sort of supporting actors in it. So you've, yeah, you've, you've, yeah, go on. yeah. Well, I mean, I was there right from the beginning. They got me in to do the warm ups for the first series, and then we all got very friendly, and I. They, uh, they just, I, I didn't really want to keep doing the warm-ups. And they said, well, no, we'll give, we want you to, we'll give you a part, we'll give you a part. In the net. And, and then I just sort of kept getting all these little parts and then they got bigger and bigger. And then I played Caligula in one and uh, kind of, there was a, an episode called Better Than Life and I was the sort of host that led them around and another one. So I had quite a lot of, and the real devotees and fans who actually get together every year and have a sort of red dwarf function mm. have always been trying to get me there and i said look i do know what do you want me there for? you know <laughs> yeah. i'm not I, i'm the, but they and i did eventually go and i had to go up and sort of talk a bit and be interviewed but and and the audience knew far more about what i'd done than, than i i did I <laughs> <laughs> yeah always the way we here a show with a cult following like that i can i can yeah. believe it they, they think you're rock yeah. stars it's fantastic what else have you been up to then tony in the, in the last few months Yes. Well, I stayed in quite a bit in March. I think we all did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there weren't many people let down my local. Um, no, I, I, funnily enough, I used lockdown, to, to, which I think maybe some people did, to, to, to dig something out that you'd, you'd been doing. And I tried to write, finish a screenplay for this idea for a film that I'd, I'd had. And it, it's gone well, and I've got a bit of interest. But it's, anyone thinking of writing a screenplay, it's painful process because you constantly have to rewrite and uh, mm. so um that's been enjoyable and agonizing and and now i think there's a few things starting to happen again and at last the the, the emails are coming in saying do you fancy doing this and fancy doing that so i'm working with barry cryer next week for oh, a wow. program for sky arts about oh, great comedians so that should be fun that'll be lively and stand up yeah. i mean as, as you say is that is that starting to return to normal a little bit not really, no, because until we can get people, you know, in, in the venues in the right way, I mean, I think we might be a year off before we can all start doing that again. I really feel for, you know, stand-ups and uh, actors and actresses, it's a really, they've been really hit hard. I mean, I think the time has come to, to open up theatre. I think if people can fly in planes 
to somewhere you can sit quietly in a theatre. Come on, yeah. let's, let's get going. I watched so, a little bit in a pub garden the other day. It, uh, it worked quite well. They didn't have the audience they'd normally have, but uh, it, it was still good fun. I mean, it's going to have to. I mean, that's fine in the summer, of course. Mm. Not so great when it's yeah. pouring rain or in the middle of November. But uh, well, the, the, the great thing about going out and playing tennis now in a park is that you'll get more people watching you than at the U.S. Open. Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. That's very true. good stuff. <laughs> well, cheers, Tony. Good to talk to you. Okay, Thanks very much. Brilliant. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. There we are. There's, uh, there is uh, Tony Hawk's there, Tennis for Free. Is, uh, go and check that out. And it's, uh, it's a great idea. He's been pushing it for years. Now people are finally just... It took a, it took a global pandemic. It's amazing, isn't for it? For sport, for people to realise just how important sport is in their lives. Uh, it's great, fantastic, really. Good. Well, not the pandemic, obviously. No, I mean, obviously. it's the fact that they have discovered that uh, you know sport is important in their life. It's interesting, Tony, talking about risk there. There's a very interesting table in the Times today about basically listing all the sort of different uh, things that you can do and how risky they are COVID-wise. Mm-hmm. So I've, I sort of picked out all the sporty ones. Go on then, yeah. Playing tennis is only two. The risk of two, that's... Uh, uh, two out of... That's a low risk. Two out of ten, is I it? presume so, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, that's quite important. Well, it just says... If you're white, setting this a yardstick... No, no, but look, it says... If it's white, two out of three, it's not great, white, is it? White low, blue low to moderate... Orange, no, yellow moderate, orange moderate to high, red high. So, uh, like a nightmare for, example, for me and Matt Holland, the colorblind yeah. crew. <laughs> Going to a sports stadium is red nine. Okay, so that's pretty high. Yeah. Going to the gym is red eight. Playing football, orange seven. Playing basketball, orange seven. Swimming in a public pool, orange six. <laughs> Playing golf, orange three. Playing tennis, white two. Oh, okay. So that is that, that is the like, safest. That like sort of a it did. It's like a shipping forecast. <laughs> it did a bit. <laughs> we can go back to the cricket now. Fantastic. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Now it's interesting this because they're discussing today this uh, push for five substitutions. And the point I made on the show yesterday about uh, some clubs want three, some clubs want five. Why don't they compromise? And therefore, no one suggested this. I can't believe no one has said. Why don't we go for four? In the great spirit of compromise. Yes, wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that make sense? Sometimes you just wonder why that doesn't happen. But okay, well, you can't. You common sense. too late for you to put that at the Premier well, League. Maybe someone was listening in their chauffeur-driven car yesterday. Maybe that's on the table. <laughs> well, be the nice. Andy Jacobs rule, as they're well, going to call be it. Good if it happened. Yeah, and. Uh, I know how you'll react to this story. Harry Potter fans set a Guinness World Record for the most people riding a broom together online. <laughs> oh, grow up! I've got no problem. I've got no problem with people riding a broom. I only mm. my problem is when they they introduce and they call it a sport and they say it's Quidditch. Quidditch. Uh, yeah. That's that's my. Nearly three hundred fans, aged five to seventy-five, took part to mark J.K. Rowling's new Quidditch Through the Ages book. Oh, okay. So she's written a book about. So it. she's almost like an F.A. handbook. So she's she, yeah. like a whole backstory. She's written it's like it, a she? Rothmans. It's like <laughs> a Rothmans of Quidditch <laughs> to go into that sort of detail. <laughs> Okay, I well, I, I think that, yeah. I, that's quite admirable, but what isn't is um, thinking you can fly when you're about <laughs> 23 years old. Because you can't. Having a broom between your legs, having a fake broom between your legs doesn't mean well, you can fly. Well, when I was at Annick Castle last year, oh, yeah. and you can, you can ha- you can, they, they have broomsticks for you to sort of have a go on. Okay. You do feel a bit stupid. It's the castle in Harry Potter's. Yeah, okay, okay. nice one. All well, right, everybody good. knows. Say photo op? Yeah, well, it was, and I did. And um, <laughs> and you may have seen now a photo of William Rees-Mogg's children in its school uniform, and uh, I know that school uniform because it's, they sell it in Chiswick High Road. There's a, the shop that supplies it. Wow. He's right near me. And I've always said, I really like that outfit. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. I know. I, I mean, just for fancy dress. I wonder dress. how many people, I mean, there can't be, they're nobody. There's no, no I, one. I reckon they're children, there must be children sort of of a certain age that are about my size, so I'm quite a short person. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not questioning that, Andy. I'm not questioning <laughs> we could find one that would fit you. Yeah. And unless you're, unless you're doing an ACDC sort of tribute act, I really can't, I really don't see, I don't see the point of you. Uh, no. That would, because that's what people would think, they'd all be shouting Angus at you as you walk down the road. It would be fantastic, Carried out on the shoulders of people around the office playing yeah. your guitar. Seems unlikely, but there yeah. you go. Would you do it? I mean, would you do it for us? I mean, oh, it's I'd probably do anything quite, for It's an expensive sport. joke, though, isn't it? To go in and buy <laughs> uh, and wear the school uniform of a local school it's at true. your age. It must have been. Yeah, I bet it's a fair few bob because it's an yeah. expensive school. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, that's for just for a gag. It's that, a lot of money. That, I, bet it, I can't see it be being less than. So people would see they want they'd see you wandering around Chiswick dressed in the school uniform. They'd think. Well, it's corduroy breeches. Really? Yeah, it's a sort of sleeveless shirt with a nice... It's like a, a, a sleeveless shirt. Sleeveless. sleeveless sweater, like a cricket sweater. Oh, yeah. Shirt underneath, collar. Uh, then matching... Bow tie, is it? Bow tie? No, no bow tie. Okay. Cravat, actually, in the case of... Cravat. I know. The only other person who wears a cravat, of course, is our producer. Yeah, he's one of the few people, him and uh, late <laughs> Nicholas Parsons, the other people could carry off. <laughs> Yes. Okay, well, yeah, look, go well. and get yourself a nice school uniform, Annie. Wander around and see, <laughs> how, long, be arrested. see how long you... I don't see why. I mean, it's, it's a free country. You're not passing yourself off as a pupil. If you rock up... Jimmy Clitheroe. Go... That's an old one. <laughs> oh, you're on fire today. I'm on fire today. Yeah. It, 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 even Jeanette Cranky would have been an old reference, but you've gone straight for Jimmy Clitheroe. I, yes, I yeah, get it. It's actually. great, isn't it? Yeah. Coming more up to date, though, Gemma Collins. Is that all right, oh, producer? Yeah. The GC? Oh, yeah. You're right. You're, missed, you're zeitgeist. Well, it's after a with the GC. Yeah, yeah. Um, she, apparently, she thinks she looks like Elton John. Does she? She said, I've, <laughs> I don't know. She said, I've also gone and got a baby grand piano because a lot of people tell me I look like Elton John. Wow, that's an expensive... See, that's... <laughs> I a, can't see that at all. That's a more elaborate and expensive uh, <laughs> joke than you wearing the local Reese Mogg school <laughs> uniform, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, she also says that um, she talks to plants to save them. She said, a week of watering them and telling them how beautiful they were, even though they were half dead, yeah. and they came back alive. I'm definitely the flower whisperer. I think you'll find it was the water <laughs> rather than you, Gemma. But <laughs> I don't think worry it probably about was. It. Do you like the new Gareth Bale uh, uh, hairstyle? You saw Which, the pictures. Oh, that's the, a fine head of the, hair, The, the full flow. I'm yeah, so jealous. Well, he's had nothing it. better to do, is he? Just then grow his hair. <laughs> what do you do for a living? I'll grow me hair uh, for might... 650 grand a week. Hopefully we look at the game tonight in a bit more detail we've got I, that for I, you on I, talk I hate to use the too. word tragedy in terms of football because nothing yeah. in football is a tragedy but right. it's a sporting tragedy that this boy isn't playing I know that his best years are being lost it's a right reminds me of a, of a documentary I watched last night about the, the great American quarterback Michael Vick yeah I mean, talk. About, it's an amazing doc. It's in two parts. The second part I watched last night, very harrowing, but it's a great story of redemption. But he lost 23 months of his career yeah. to such stupidity. Such he was he was involved. We did talk dog, about it with Todd, a dogfighting yeah, dog ring. Dogfighting ring. It was uh, appalling. And, and he, was, he went inside, didn't he? Yeah. And yeah. it's amazing how it split Atlanta, as everything seems to do in America, on racial lines. Yeah. You know, that white people felt that, you know, that it was an appalling thing to do. He didn't black, deserve a second chance. black people felt that he'd been too harshly punished, that people were using it. And it was amazing what it caused. And in the end, he himself was very remorseful, did an amazing mayor culprit, and turned it around. It's a great story of redemption. He came back, and it's fantastic that he, he wasn't really fit. And mm. he was... The Philadelphia Eagles took him as a number two quarterback. Mm. And... 
first week of the season, the number one quarterback goes down injured and he's standing on the sideline going, oh, for God's sake, get up, I'm not ready. <laughs> he hadn't played for two years and wow. he was completely out of shape. And yet he came on, he said, the minute I got the ball in my hands, I remembered that I was one of the best players in this game. And he suddenly, that season... It all came, cool. it? it? all came back. And against Washington, he was absolutely brilliant. So I recommend it. It's one of those 30 for 30s that Martin Kellner always talks about. It's a mm. it's a brilliant story. So the... the Second part about dogfighting is very harassing. It's harassing or harrowing. Harrowing, sorry, okay. not harassing. <laughs> I knew that was the wrong word. As I was saying, oh, it's incredibly oh, harassing. Right. I've got to go. It's in. The I said harrowing instead of harassing. Harrowing, so the other way around. It's in the style of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's in the style of Ron Harris, of course. <laughs> yeah. So okay, yeah. well, we'll go and check that out, Andy. Well, but uh, yeah. Um, the producer's had a look and he thinks if you will go, mm. want to go and buy that school uniform and wear it, Andy, yeah. 150 quid. Is it? Yeah. I'll I mean, that's cheaper for... than a baby grand piano, isn't that's it? That's cheap for a joke. Yeah. I bought a red suit once for a joke. Yeah. A red okay. three piece suit. And how much which I that... wore here at Talk Sport for Red cost Letter you? Day. Yeah, how much did that cost? No, you? it was only about 50 quid. Okay, so 150 quid yeah. to walk around. I mean, I think, you know, you, tur- <laughs> you turn a few heads. <laughs> you turn a few heads. Ridiculous. Yeah. No, I don't think I'll wear that uniform. But anyway. Okay, well, it was a lovely idea. It was a lovely we, thought. We did, float, really. we did float the idea. Yeah, exactly right. So, uh, we'll be chatting to the Moose very shortly, looking at some of the football stories of the day, hearing from uh, some of the main protagonists ahead of the EFL uh, Cup action this weekend. We'll talk a bit of international football as well, I'm sure. Then Dylan Hartley joins us to uh, chat about his uh, his autobiography, The Hurt, written with her old friend Michael Calvin. As we said, much more than just a, a life story. I think it's a real state of the game, a, a look at uh, rugby union, where it's at now, and the attritional nature of it, really. But he admits he's conflicted. Uh, you know, he's, as he says on the back, rugby great for the soul, but terrible for the body. But he, he sounds in some ways as if, you know, he, he loves the fact it's a hard game and a tough game, and it wouldn't be the same if it wasn't like that. But look at what it's doing to some of the players. But this is the thing, it's a similar thing in football, really. The more money there is in a sport, the more demands there are on the players. Yeah. And the idea of playing rugby twice a week seems crazy to me, but we'll, we'll cover that. i tell you what I didn't, I wanted to mention actually, because yeah. we, we're hearing a lot about sports people having to quarantine and people coming back from holiday. It was a very interesting piece in the, the I think it was the Times today, saying that uh, the, the reporter who wrote this piece asked the National Police Chief Council how many fines had been issued in the past month for failure to self-isolate after travelling from abroad. The answer, the journalist says, was a less than absolutely ruthless three across the whole of England. And I did wonder that myself. I mean, you know, really, I mean, it's down to you to show responsibility, but you wonder whether how many people do. No, you know, that's very true. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport. Well, um, we've got uh, some EFL Cup action this weekend. Moose has been catching up with some of the gaffers uh, ahead of that. And uh, he joins us now. Good afternoon, Ian. Yeah, good afternoon. It's it's weird, isn't it, to have the uh, the League Cup, the first round of the League Cup before before the season's actually started. Yeah. But uh, we are in unprecedented times, if I can say that one more time. Yes, we certainly can. <laughs> we should kick off by wishing you a very happy, you and the missus, a very happy anniversary. Yes, well done, and it's, uh, I saw the, the wedding photos today. Uh, 20 years uh, you've uh, you've put her through that. And she's, uh, <laughs> what do you mean I put her through that? What do you mean I put her through that? <laughs> <laughs> this is an incredibly patient woman, I'm sure. See, um, also, we, Andy and I were just saying, you're a man that's, you're always working. So the, the kind of lockdown period was probably the longest you've, you've ever spent together. And if you can survive that, you can survive anything. 
I know it's horrific, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> I mean we, 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 we actually, actually said that after about a week. I thought, blimey, <laughs> married this woman 20 years ago. And the first time I've ever spent a week with her. I mean, it was, um, <laughs> it, it was, it, it was absolutely incredible. And, and um, I did actually, uh, when lockdown was eased and, and project restarted, I did actually say, look, you know, we managed to survive out getting divorced. So that was quite a, Quite a feat, yeah. I thought. You yeah, it was. And you, she joined in with your garden exploits and everything, your garden sports. I thought it was tremendous. Yeah. Just looking at this wedding photo, Ian, I, was, I didn't realise you had such sort of thick eyebrows. Very Dennis Healy, your eyebrows. <laughs> have, have, they reduced, <laughs> have they reduced in size over the 20 he's, years? He's probably, she took the shears to him <laughs> on the first <laughs> day. So I don't, day I don't, one, that was, she took the shears to his eyebrows. Oh, yeah. I don't, think, I don't think... That, I don't think they have, uh, but uh, my daughter, my old, my oldest daughter Amber, who's seventeen and very much into sort of you know health and beauty, uh, is always saying I should go and get them waxed. But whenever oh, I hear the, right. the word waxed, I think no, it's all right, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll live with them being a bit bushy. <laughs> oh, your high pitched screams, I think we'd hear them miles off. Certainly. Anyway, it's a very nice tweet. Actually, yes, it yeah, goes. very nice. Yeah. So congr- thank you. Congratulations. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. From Talk Sport. It's me and Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Now, uh, Bumble, David Lloyd has become quite prolific as an author, hasn't he? Yes. Yeah, with a number of books out over the years. Uh, his new one is called Simply the Best. But as we pointed out, he's not showing off. It is a kind of collection of great stories about the characters in the game that we've come to know and love. I'm very pleased to say Bumble joins us now. Good afternoon, Bumble. Yeah, good afternoon, lads. Yeah, you just do you enjoy this writing, Lark? Is it, uh, is, is it a kind of discipline you, you, uh, you enjoy? Well, we do them together. I've got a great mate, Richard Gibson, mm. who's a terrific journalist, football, cricket, you name it. Uh, he's a Yorkshire lad, so it's a good mix, a Lancastrian and a Yorkshireman, and we have a lot of fun doing it. I've got to say that mainly we, we get together in my place, but sometimes, just odd times, there's a little cafe uh. in Leeds, just outside Edinley, and it's called Ugly Mugs. <laughs> and, and we're, we're going there and get a full English and, and, and a, a, a pint of builder's tea and get on with it. Beautiful. And it says the great characters of cricket from the Don, obviously Don Bradman, to the Ben, Ben Stokes. I didn't know you, you'd, you'd met you met Don Bradman, did you? That must have been quite fascinating. Well, I, I did a couple of times. and um, When I went on tour, when I played for England and went to Australia, and my results will tell you that I shouldn't have gone anywhere near it, but uh, I met Don Bradman there, so that, that was lovely. And the nice thing about it is that, you know, he was a wonderful player, one of the greatest players that we've ever seen. Um, and he just mentioned to me, which made me feel absolutely 10 foot tall, he said, you've just got a double hundred, haven't you? And I thought that was really nice. I got 200 against India. I got a top score of about 49 of against Australia, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> still, still do. The, the familiar kind of refrain, lament, really, of, of players of a bygone era is that there are no characters in the game anymore. Do you, do you think that's true, or do you, you, you still find a lot of characters still still playing? Well, I think if you look for them, it's seek and you shall find. There are some fabulous characters. You know, characters from overseas as well. We've just had Pakistan here. And you look at that, the guy who was their coach, Ms. Bar, he's a real character that, you know, there's not many over the years that you can say that he'd get down and do 20 or 30 press-ups. <laughs> uh, just at, at random. So, you know, I would call that a character. Um, a Wazim Akram I've just worked with. Now, I had the privilege of coaching him, well I didn't coach him, I didn't tell him how to hold the ball with a bat but I was around at Langs when he was what a character, what a sense of humour, fantastic sense of humour and so yeah they're, they're still around the guys 
There was a great moment the other day. You were on commentary, and uh, I think we've all really loved the cricket this summer. It's, it's been fantastic. But uh, you, you, you lamented the lack of crowd when Sweet Caroline came on, and then you said, and no one sang it, and then you just sang it on your own. I thought it was a fantastic bit of commentary. <laughs> Well, also, just to say to everybody, I know you're out there, you're, you're watching, you're listening, come on, put your cup of tea down, let's have a rendition, sweet Caroline. And, and you're sort of bringing everybody who's out there watching and listening, you, come on, come and sit next to me and we'll do a duet. Yeah, I guess I'll ask Bumble one thing. We've often talked uh, about the semi-final, you write about it in the book, the Twilight semi-final of 1971, yeah. Lancashire yeah. against Gloucester. I've told the, our young producer, he's only about 28, I've told him about it, and the fact that it was it finished in the dark, didn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, it's a famous bit of footage. Famous bit of footage. And I don't know if you've ever seen the footage, but you might be able to settle this question. But did Jim Laker say, I can hardly see David Hughes? Did he actually say that or not? <laughs> Yeah, I, I would think he would do. I mean, there's some fantastic lines from that. In that, you know, you could appeal against the light. And we were, you know, it was dark and Mike Proctor's going to ball and we were a bit iffy about whether we wanted to carry on. And Jack Bond, who was our captain at the time, was out there in the middle. And I think, I think the umpire was... Arthur Jepson, I think it was Arthur Jepson, and Jack mentioned the light, and Arthur, he was a character he was, Arthur Jepson, and Jack had mentioned the light, and Arthur said, well, what's that up there then, Jack? And Jack said, well, well, that's the moon. He said, well, how much further do you want to see? <laughs> you, you also talk, Bummer, about some of your favourite players, and you say the best England player you, you ever saw was, was KP. Yeah, Kevin Peterson, you know, from again, from a work viewpoint, from commentating, he got me on the edge of the seat that when he came out, you know, full of, of expectation, what's he going to do next? He could do things that nobody else could do. I didn't know. I don't, don't know Kevin Peterson. I'd say hello to him and how are you doing and so on. Uh, never spent any time with him, but uh, he was a fabulous player. And you write about, of course, we often talk about Brian Close. He was, I didn't realise his book was called I Don't Bruise Easily. <laughs> he was incredible, wasn't he? That, some of those innings when he just took the ball on his body and you, you wouldn't see that now, would you, really? You, you know, I, I knew Close really well. I, I think he liked pain. <laughs> I, I he, he absolutely loved it. Just let it eat him. He, he stand at short leg. You know, I mean, when he played with Tony Gregg, when Tony Gregg brought him back into England's team, and they were at short leg on the leg side and short in on the off side. And Clossy genuinely said to him, he said, listen, he said, when he sweets it to me, he said, it'll hit me. He said, it might hit me on the head. So you be ready for the rebound. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Incredible. You also write movingly about Bob Willis, of course, your former colleague and, and friend. And, uh, yeah, we were chatting about Bob the other day with his wife and his brother. Still, still much missed, isn't he? Well, one of our greatest friends, a wonderful companion, a, a great bloke. And you know what I mean, just a great bloke. And he'd ring you up, Bob, and he'd say, are you ready for a spot of lunch? <laughs> and if you went for lunch at one o'clock, I guarantee you're still there at ten at night. <laughs> uh, there's some very interesting stuff about, I mean, beyond you talk about KP being a favourite in England, but you're, you're a big fan of Steve Smith, who we're going to see very soon, and, and also Virat Kohli as well. 
Yeah, you're talking about that big four of present day. Uh, Kane Williamson's in that, and and Joe Root is talked about. Baba Azam, mm. who we've just seen, but you know Steve Smith he, he, and David Warner and and that lad uh, Cameron Bancroft, they took a wrong turning. You know they did something really bad, and I, I'm. I'm all for giving somebody a second chance. I always have been. I think it's, it's probably my upbringing with my mother and father. And so Steve Smith and David Warner, they've got a second chance. And I, w- I think the way that they've gone about the business has been fine. Steve Smith, with all his mannerisms and the way that he plays and the movements, but he's a big, tall guy. He watches the ball, scores a lot of runs. You know, and I wish him well. Yeah, he's a fascinating fellow. He really is a character. That documentary about the Australian team, the test, and, and you see him, he just never stops playing shots. He's always in the mirror, just shaping up. and sh- He's just in love with batting, isn't he? He's an incredible player, I agree with you. I was in a, a restaurant for lunch in Melbourne uh, a couple of tours ago, this would be, and I, he's in the same restaurant with, with his, uh, I assume, his partner, his wife, girlfriend, whatever, and under the table... Is his cricket mat under the table? <laughs> anyway, he, he says hello and all that, and and I leave him to it. He got he gets up and leaves. He, he and his his wife, I assume it's his wife. They're left. He's left his bat under the table, and I I go running down the street with it. Here, I said, think you'll be needing this. Oh, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing that he did that because you'd think he'd, it would be like part of him, really, the way he is. And yeah. uh, and you write also in the book about um, Adil Rashid and Moeen Ali, and they're two of your favourites as well. They are. Uh, you know, I think the Trailblazers, they're, they're terrific lads, the pair of them. Uh, you, you, they're, they're inseparable. You, you'll never see one without seeing the other. I think they're extremely talented. They're doing a fantastic job for the Asian community. The role models... Great sense of humour, Moeen Ali. What a sense of humour he's got. Adil, you know, just getting onto a cricket, I, I just wish he would take it red ball again. I, I think he would walk into England's team as a red ball cricketer, but he, he perhaps he sees his future in white ball and we're not seeing him much in red ball. Mm. It's true, and uh, say the Aussies in town start starting tomorrow, which is it's going to be good to see. As Andy said, it, look, it's, it's not been the easiest summer of cricket, but we've seen some great games, haven't we? It, it's been terrific. I mean, we've seen a bit of rain, which has been a bit of a bummer as well. Uh, but we're absolutely indebted to the West Indies, to Pakistan, and now Australia for actually coming to the UK. You know, we've had a terrible time with this COVID, a real terrible time. And so we've had to reassure these teams that, you know, when you get in that biosecure bubble, you're going to be absolutely fine. Now, I've been in it for, for, for quite a while when I'm working, and, and I, I, I don't mind telling you, lads, that I find it really, really difficult. Mm. And I can understand it for younger guys who, you know, let's talk about the younger guys who actually are not playing. They're in that biosecure bubble, yeah. but they're they're not selected. They're just kicking their heels. Now, if I'm finding it difficult, they are. So, you know, we've got to, one, we're indebted to these teams for coming, but two, we've got to ensure the welfare of everybody surrounding that biosecure bubble. Yeah. So yeah, we, Mark Wood was talking about yeah, that. Mark Woodward, yeah, Mark Wood, I think he's one of those who did find it tough, yeah. Um, oh. so, Bumble, are you going to be on duty for the, the one day at Old Trafford next Friday? 
Yeah, uh, I can. I, they don't let me do Southampton. They said I'm too old to travel. <laughs> can you, I mean, can, I mean, can you imagine that? Anyway, I'm doing. I'm doing the, the, all the matches at Old Trafford, and, yeah. and it's been fine. I, I've loved doing it. I only live a few miles down the road and want to go home, but they don't let me. But I'll tell you this: the food's been fantastic. Okay, oh, good. <laughs> good to talk to you, Bumble. All the best. Thanks very much. Great, lads. Thank you. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We will return tomorrow at one with all the regular Friday nonsense. Thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.